Sustainability Unwrapped, a conversational podcast about responsibility, ethics, inequalities, climate change, and other challenges of our times, where science needs practice to think about our world and how to make our society more sustainable one podcast at a time. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Sustainability Unwrapped. Uh, I'm Amin Mahsudi, a postdoc researcher at the Homlog Institute at Honken School of Economics in Finland. Today, I'm very happy and excited to have a very fruitful uh, session on this uh, episode of the podcast uh, uh, about an important topic titled The Environmental Impact of Cash and Voucher Assistance in Humanitarian Setting. And uh, today uh, I will have two special guests. So we are going to discuss about this topic. Uh, our first guest is uh, Mr. Jose Yoda. Uh, he's based in Madrid. He's a technical advisor at Cash Learning Partnership. And so he did a lot of uh, projects uh, in humanitarian setting for, for like many years and he's going to introduce himself uh, later on. And also we have uh, uh, Miss Valeria Leon. So I'm very happy and you're welcome. So uh, could you maybe uh, shortly, Jose, introduce yourself and also Valerie later on? Yeah. Thank you, Amin, for your introduction and thank you schools of economics for the for the invitation to to participate in this podcast about uh, such a critical topic as you described uh, whereas well, as you mentioned I'm a technical advisor technical advisor at the cash learning partnership CALP, uh, which is uh, a global network of uh, 90 organizations including UN donors NGOs NGOs private sector etc uh that are all engaged in, in in the areas of policy practice and and research on humanitarian cash and, and virtual assistance and more broadly in in financial assistance uh just to highlight that uh, i have both uh, a development and international cooperation background and also um, a graduate in environmental sciences and uh, yeah, I'm based now in, in Madrid, but I've been living and working in different contexts, including Latin America, Sub-Saharan Africa, um, the MENA region, and, and, and engage also now with different humanitarian organizations. So really happy to participate in this, in this initiative. Thank you. Thank you, Jose. Thank you very much. Sounds like you've got a lot of experience, I mean, working I mean, with different organizations, specifically more recently with Cash Learning Partnership, uh, with the number of projects I'm going on and cash and voucher assistance programs. Uh, uh, Miss Valerie, uh, maybe you have like, uh, uh, you, you can introduce yourself, Samin. Yes, hello everybody and glad to be uh, with you today to talk about uh, the environmental impact of uh, cash and voucher assistance. So I'm a researcher at Group URD, which is a non-profit but um, a think tank on uh, humanitarian uh, practices and policies. 
And uh, I have been also a field uh, humanitarian worker for 10 years, mainly with ICRC on the field. Uh, and today, as a researcher, evaluator, I'm focusing on uh, issues uh, related to resilience and strategic programming of uh, uh, organizations. Okay. Thank you very much uh, for the introduction. And uh, hopefully today we'll have a very fruitful uh, session for uh, I mean the audience uh, maybe uh, who are not familiar with the cash and voucher assistance it's like slightly different with the social safety net program which is like kind of covered by the government however always uh, cash and vouchers aim to be like kind of integrated at the end during the recovery and development with the social safety net programs but cash and voucher if I like have to like a uh, given definitions using the cash learning partnership glossary, it actually is defined as the provision of money, uh, which is cash or vouchers to individuals, which can be used as emergency relief to address basic needs, such as uh, food, shelter, uh, health, sanitation, and also it can be like a kind of as a mode of support to economic activities to like kind of those businesses who are like disrupted during a crisis such as for example this recent like pandemic it can help to build the economic the market the local suppliers to get back to normal and business so uh traditionally i mean uh, in kind assistance more like well like routine during disasters, so humanitarian organizations brought massive workloads of the goods and items delivered to the people. However, uh, more recently, cash during the like uh, grand bargain, uh, they were like emphasized toward cash and voucher assistance instead of in kind. However, these two are like very complementary, and so we see a dramatic. Uh, growth for cash and voucher uh, from 2016 to 2019, which is doubled. So today is like around 18% of humanitarian assistance allocated in terms of, I mean, cash and voucher assistance. So that's the importance of this phenomenon. And uh, uh, looking to these uh, cash and voucher assistance programming, there are lots of guidelines, toolkits, and reports, secondary reports from different humanitarian organizations, they looked into different aspects of cash and voucher. For example, cash and voucher and effectiveness, cash and voucher and uh, data responsibility, cash and voucher preparedness. However, uh, looking into the literature, there are like few studies conducted specifically by academics to, to connect and look into the environmental aspect of cash and voucher assistance, which is slightly missing. There are a couple of reports more recently published, which is one is published by URD and uh, Valerie is one of the co-author of this report, which they regularly look into the environmental impact using a couple of case studies based in Africa. So uh, I'm gonna question uh, Valerie. So can you just say that whether is uh, like this concept linking environment to the cash is important and uh, so what you found from those your research which is published in that report maybe you can briefly summarize 
<clears throat> Thank you, Hamin. Uh, it is true that uh, today, uh, given the perspective of uh, systemic uh, humanitarian crisis in the future, uh, humanitarian actors are becoming uh, increasingly more aware of the repercussions of their action on the environment. This includes their environmental footprint, uh, footprint of their operations, and um, this is true for uh, CVA, uh, cash and voucher assistance, but it is not limited uh, only to the footprint. Uh, this environmental impacts must be analyzed uh, in a broader sense. And uh, as you said, until now, this issue has been uh, overlooked by humanitarian organization uh, in this imperative to save lives in complex uh, emergency context. And it is true uh, that the criteria of efficiency and choice of beneficiaries have uh, often been given priority over mm -hmm. envir environmental protection. Uh, thank you. Thank you. So, so you say that, 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 that actually the key challenge, uh, I mean, cash and voucher is very important. And then looking into the environmental impact of it is critical. However, you mentioned that like, it's, I mean, the priorities given to the like kind of purchasing power, dignity, and also the cost effectiveness of the program. So uh, maybe, uh, Jose, you want to add anything else? I mean, on this relationship and then why it's like kind of, I mean, ignored by humanitarian practitioner. Is it not their priority at the first place? Uh, yeah, I, I, thank you. I mean, I, I just would like to add that, uh, I mean, we need first probably to, to understand uh, cash and voucher assistance evolution in the past years. Mm -hmm. And uh, we can say that uh, in reality, CVA started as a system changer. Uh, and as CVA practitioners, we needed to fight uh, against many preconceptions. Uh, in regards to corruption, to misuse of money, political acceptance, etc., and uh, every time we needed to, to justify very hard why we were using cash, you know, instead of in kind of or, or service provision. This, uh, as you explained it in the in the introduction, has has changed in many respects, and uh, yeah, the, the use of cash has has doubled, right? from 2016 to 2019. And yes. now the question is not anymore about the quantity, but more about the quality. And this aspect of quality includes, of course, the integration of environmental consideration. Just very briefly, in this regard, CVA is not very different to, to other type of humanitarian assistance. But truth is that CVA has some characteristics that uh, could support environmental footprint reduction. And uh, we believe, or I believe that CVA stakeholders need to commit to, to it. CVA was not conceived to lower environmental footprint of the humanitarian response, but yes, to simplify processes, increase the rapid response and adapt better the response to beneficiary needs and local systems and, and context. So all of this should also lead right to the decrease of the environmental footprint itself yeah thank you thank you Jose uh, that's that's very important initiative you mentioned that uh apart from that uh, 
uh, one of the key challenges you, I mean, uh, Waller, you also mentioned in the report, there was like kind of, uh, as you mentioned, that is giving priority to the other like kind of humanitarian principles, which is very important, like giving the dignity and also is the, the speed of the delivering of it, which is mostly important, so it's like the priorities. And then apart from that, you mentioned also there is like lack of appropriate tools to actually uh, specifically standard tools to measure this kind of, uh, to integrate the environmental impact to the cash and voucher assistance. Do you want to add or like kind of uh, explain on this uh, challenge? Uh, yeah, maybe uh, just to follow um, on this, it is true that uh, a certain number of organizations recently uh, have become more and increasingly aware uh, of, the of their environmental responsibility. Yes. And that's why some organizations developed uh, environmental policies and uh, they are looking uh, at, at the impact of their actions. Um, and actually, it doesn't contradict uh, some humanitarian principles because we can consider that it's a question of overall coherence yes. uh, of, uh, of, uh, of responsibility with regard to the do-no-harm principle, which is also yes. a key uh, humanitarian concept. However, as you say, the, the environmental um, cost of aid operations in yes. terms of reducing their environmental footprint, as well as other potential effects of uh, CVA on, on the environment, are rarely taken into account in programming. And this is due uh, par uh, um, mainly also by the lack of tools uh, and guides to assess the potential uh, impacts and risk on the environment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. And adding to that, uh, I found like there is a sustainability and environmental uh, standards, which also uh, published in the Sphere project. Uh, they are like more on in-kind assistance so I wonder whether there's like kind of any standard methods like to measure the environmental impact of cash and voucher assistance, which is not specified in the Sphere project, but in other kind of uh, uh, guidelines or toolkits, if there is any. Uh, I believe if you take one of the criteria of the CHS, the core humanitarian standard, there is one uh, commitment to yes. uh, avoid and mit mitigate the negative impacts of any uh, humanitarian intervention, it, notably on, on the environment, but we can also think on the negative impacts on the social conditions. And, uh, and uh, some organizations argue, argue that we shall combine the respect to the environment and to mm -hmm. minimum social conditions. Both must be, must be linked and combined. Okay, okay. Uh, I may ask Jose, is there any other further challenges when we want to like, for example, integrate the environmental uh, impact or environmental like kind of indicators to the cash and voucher programs through a cash operation cycle? Is there any other challenges which like inhibits the application? Mm, yeah, yeah, just just to add on the on the 
on the on the former. Um, it's, it's true that I mean CVA is flexible in terms of of design, no, and and yes. in terms of how how do you do you design the program and how you adapt it to the to the specific context and to the objectives of the program. So. In this regard, it's quite important to to make sure that we are considering the the, the environmental aspect at all levels when we are uh, in regards to the project cycle, to the specific CVA project cycle. Um, when we are looking at purely operational impact of of CVA, this is something that uh, that is considered already in a couple of studies. No, the one already mentioned. Uh, from URD and, and another one no? from UNHCR and, 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 and ARUP. It is indeed uh, a good uh, beginning, but still the, the, there is the need no? for more evidences, especially when we are comparing CVA environmental footprint with other modalities. Um, one indicator about uh, the one indicator that, that is showing that the awareness is, is increasing is that, for example, ECO in, in, in its thematic policy on cash transfer paper that is still in, in draft is including here the need to, to make full use of the low environmental impact of cash and, and, and the benefits of supporting local production and also mentioning that market assessment should include uh, mm -hmm. an environmental perspective. So all those are changes that uh, will most probably have an impact uh, in the further consideration of those criteria uh, in, in, in CVA programming. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, you've highlighted actually this uh, connection of environmental indicators can be integrated through the cash operation cycle. I mean, this is a, this is a good I mean approach to start like looking into the cash operation cycle, which is starting by the like rigor needs assessment and then market assessment and then contracting with the financial service providers, procurement of the FSPs or financial service provider, and then the implementation design of CBA and then uh, monitoring. So uh, if you want to like, for example, add, couple of practices to actually uh, to integrate this environmental pract I mean uh, practices through the cash operation cycle do you want to add any kind of practices based on your experience or you can give an example in a specific country which they've done for example I've heard like UNHCR they kind of uh, they had a project based in uh, Volcano eruption response in, uh, in Colombia, and then through the cash working group in Colombia, together with UNEP, they kind of compiled a couple of practices. Uh, this is like uh, just published in 2020, and they did they, they like, for example, they mentioned about minimizing the the paper voucher, because which is not environmentally friendly. However, the question is that. In certain areas, specifically in developing countries that are affected by disaster, maybe the infrastructure is not in place, for example, technological infrastructure. So how to cope with that, like reducing the kind of paper vouchers, which like kind of, you know, from is there like any trade off between these two? 
like the infrastructure and uh, uh, environmental impact. Yeah, um, yeah, indeed, uh, we, we, we definitely need to, to support right, the practical application of CVA uh, to both reduce operational environmental footprint, as you were mentioning, and also to adjust CVA programming to, to respond to natural disasters and, and climate change related crisis. Mm, a couple of examples in relation to the to to some to the integration right of, of, of those environmental criteria yes. at different at different level of the of the project cycle could be for instance uh, uh, how we uh, integrate right in, in, in market assessment and, and analyze analysis how you include some more information about the environment and footprint of the market supply chain and, and the products that uh, are available. Mm -hmm. uh, so providing or giving an emphasis on, on local products that are generated by low environmental impact and quality. For example, when we are comparing uh, vegetables that are from coming from organic or agroecological farming and yes. agricultural intensive production. Uh, another one could be uh, the need or, or, or the importance of including uh, in the needs analysis mm -hmm. to consider key processes where people are affected by, by, by crisis, how they access to basic environmental goods and, and services. All those need to be considered in the needs and analysis. Uh, for example, aspect related to access and use of energy could be also included when we are doing the minimum expenditure basket analysis. That is further informing the value of the of the grant. This was done, for example, for the minimum expenditure basket in, in Uganda, integrating in the value of the grant the needs that were related to access to energy, uh, ensuring that somehow they will be able to purchase those products or services at the market level and not to uh, go into the nature and, and find it. Thank you. Thank you, Jose. That's a very good uh, example and case based in Africa. So you, I mean, you mean that like this uh, kind of environmental uh, concern or practices can be integrated to the, for example, to the needs assessment and market assessment when they want to, for example, do the cash visibility and then they consider this with the suppliers and also uh, with the people who like purchasing to make sure that they like okay they are environmentally i mean friendly products and then also on energy efficiency of like for example using renewable energies when they want to like for example they use or spend their cash for example instead of firewood uh, valerie i mean you want to add anything to this yeah, it's very interesting all this uh, technical details and examples given by Jose. And I fully agree, of course, that uh, uh, it is important to, to start uh, and to, to, to improve anticipating uh, risk um, of, of this type of programming. And uh, this must rely notably on um, existing tools like market analysis, analysis of uh, uh, energy supply, and also the types of use by, by, by the households of the energy sources. 
uh, as well as uh, an analysis of the local supply, the suppliers, uh, to find ways um, to deliver cash or vouchers in a way which can be beneficial for the environment. And that's my second point uh, beyond this uh, uh, direct uh, operational impact of the CVA. Um, there is a need also to think of the broader effects of the programming on the environment. What I mean is uh, more related to the broader objective of the program. Like, like any type of intervention, CVA must think in terms of global objective. And I believe that there are ways to, um, to better promote and to boost the, the positive potential of CVA uh, for, for such objectives like the preservation or the, uh, the protection of the environment. So, for instance, uh, one way to do this is to combine uh, distribution of cash or vouchers with other types of activities. Uh, for instance, to promote um, ecologically sustainable production locally or to promote um, uh, responsible consumer practices. So, this can go through uh, uh, raising awareness session on uh, responsible consumption, uh, waste reduction, etc., etc. And that's one of the conclusions of our study uh, published last year. Um, not to forget about this uh, potential of CVA to contribute uh, to, uh, to the um, uh, mitigation of environmental risk, but also to contribute to the, the preservation of the environment. So it's a new way of... Uh, of um, planning uh, humanitarian actions with this uh, responsibility in mind. It's like uh, changing a bit our lens uh, to, or to green our humanitarian lens. Okay, thank you, thank you, uh, Valerie. I mean, it's very, I mean, good points. You refer to both like, okay, first at the strategic level, this environmental, I mean, concern need to be integrated to the like kind of whole concept and idea of humanitarian assistance and specifically for cash and voucher to combine and promote like kind of sustainable production uh, and also responsible consumption to just integrate it to the whole process of the cash operation cycle, which is very important. And also, uh, whose emissions are like more on operational level, like kind of uh, what kind of technical aspect can be approached across different phases and different stages of cash and uh, voucher program cycle to to develop more like kind of, I mean, sustainable activities. This is absolutely uh, connect to the sustainable development goals agenda, which is like highly emphasized on the climate change and environmental issues. And also the use of cash, which is highly important starting like grand bargain. So definitely these two are relevant and can be integrated definitely. There are like other priorities, but of course, environmental issues can be uh, respected. And apart from that, and during the like operationally, I found that that's like on procurement of financial service provider because they like play a huge role for cash transfers to the beneficiaries at the last mile. 
and specifically with this uh, uh, era of uh, digitalizations. So it's like kind of improve the cash and voucher assistance effectiveness as it's like increase the speed of the delivery and also reduce somehow the environmental impact because it's like no printing documentation. So it helps the environment. So for the procurement, do you have any suggestions when a humanitarian organizations, they connect with the FSPs? So when they like contract framework, any any kind of practices they can include to their contract with regard to the environmental aspects? Um, yeah. Um, well, one, one, one thing to, to, to highlight here is, is, is the fact that uh, probably there is, uh, obviously there is a, a big push for, for, for digitalization in general, and, and this is uh, also at the core of the cash and voucher assistance uh, programming. Uh, still, uh, this is something that needs to be probably a little better understood especially when we are speaking about uh, comparing the environmental footprint of the um, of the physical um, let's say like like the well printing uh, cards and the physical cash etc versus uh, the, the digital also we, we see uh, in regards to to the needs of energy and so on we need to better understand and quantify also no, the, 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 the environmental uh, footprint of uh, digital devices and digital transaction and etc. So uh, still this is, this is one aspect where I believe that more research is, 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 is needed in order to, to clarify that. Uh, but uh, also, and here we are, we are, we are uh, trying also to prioritize uh, needs and preferences of the of the of the aid recipients, and for that di digitalization, it's in many contexts uh, is kind of the the right way, no? To in order to to reduce transportation cost and transportation also uh, environmental footprint, etc. So there are many positive aspects in this regard. I, I just wanted to to. To highlight that uh, that uh, the, the, um, the the we need to remember also that we are I mean CDA is really flexible in in the way that that is designed so it could be adaptable to to many possibilities but we also need to 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 remember that uh, we are speaking also about humanitarian action and saving lives and this humanitarian imperative and in in, in these regards we need to as in many cases decision maker or, or Considering that we are managing the programs and so on, we need to 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 make sure that we are not putting the responsibility of reducing environmental footprint, at least exclusively, into the people that are affected by by crisis, right? Yes. Uh, and that are trying, in fact, to survive in, in very hard situations. So this is one of the trade-offs that we need to to consider, right? Yeah. How we can incorporate the environmental aspect in this uh, in the in the CBA programming, uh, allowing aid recipients to reduce also the the carbon footprint, but without putting like uh, probably like a higher responsibility on on them, considering also the situation. Hmm. Thank you, thank you, Jose. 
I mean, good points you mentioned here, and they should be, I mean, taken to, into account. Uh, maybe this is my, uh, I mean, uh, last uh, last questions. So to like uh, wrap up our discussion, uh, do you have any kind of recommendations you propose to different stakeholders? So when, I mean, uh, and how they can approach and apply this environmental impact to the CBA programs more effectively. Yes, thank you. I mean, I believe we already mentioned a few uh, a few lines uh, for the future. Um, but just to wrap up, uh, as we said, uh, it's important to continue uh, raising awareness mm -hmm. uh, about this uh, environmental issues among uh, humanitarian and CVA practitioners. Uh, it's coming, we, ha we, we, we have said, uh, but it shall continue. Um, also, it's important to include these environmental considerations more systematically in CVA policies and strategies uh, in order to, to encourage this type of analysis uh, at the very start of the programming. Um, uh, we, we talked about programmatic tools, uh, which must be amended to reflect better uh, these uh, considerations. Uh, and um, I also wanted to underline uh, again the potential uh, for environmental preservation through the, the implementation of complementary approaches combining CVA with uh, market-based interventions, uh, techni technical assistance uh, towards the suppliers, for instance, the providers, or uh, awareness-raising ra activities in terms of environmental education, eco-friendly practices, etc. Um, and again, as uh, Rosé said, I fully agree to avoid also transferring the responsibility of, uh, of the environmental footprint towards the beneficiaries. It's a responsibility of the operators uh, to think and anticipate uh, beforehand. And finally, my last point would be to maybe reinforce the coordination between the CVA community and the environment uh, community, or those uh, practitioners, even in the aid uh, sector, uh, who think either uh, uh, technically in terms of CVA programming or in terms of uh, environmental objectives. I believe uh, these guys could uh, get closer together uh, to launch uh, and to, to reflect upon initiatives somehow to green, um, uh, to green uh, humanitarian action. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Valerie. Very good points you mentioned. Uh, Jose, you want to add anything at the uh, final point? Yeah, uh, well, I totally agree with the with the with the points that uh, Val Valerie was, was highlighting. Just to just to reemphasize the the fact that uh, we, we we probably need to 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 be able to provide more visibility to. To the CVA and environment space, uh, the 
CDA is used right in multiple contexts and and crises, and this also involves climate-related shocks and natural disaster, environmental crisis. So this is something that in reality is already happening, and there are documented examples right of effect of cash reducing, for example, deforestation in Indonesia or reducing negative coping strategies like avoiding selling productive assets when people are affected by drought in Ethiopia or cash supporting households to prepare to monsoon peak floods hitting in Bangladesh. So however, this capacity of CVA to address environmental shocks needs, as I said, not to be better visibilized and, and explored gathering more evidences about it and, and, and also suggest programmatic uh, adaptation when mm -hmm. needed. Uh, another thing is, is also to highlight that, uh, well, uh, in regards to the tools and to, and to how to, to integrate C, um, environmental aspect in, 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 the, in, the, in the CBA specific tools, uh, we are not, I won't say we are speaking about developing specific tools for that, but more or create, but more adapting or complement complementing the, the existing one. So we can contribute to the integration, right, of climate change, environmental criteria at various levels of CVA programming. Mm -hmm. And uh, finally, uh, just to highlight that, I mean, CVA and environment is, is the future, right? And, 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 uh, and, and the interest is already here. And the proof also is, is this nascent, uh, Community of Practice from December 2020 that uh, now is is being hosted by CALP, but there are more than 50 organizations and humanitarian agencies that are participating and, and has shown their, their interest in, in engaging further in this common space between CVA and environment. So this is somehow showing us the, the way to follow. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you, thank you, Jose. Good points you mentioned, and it's like the, the your last point. I mean, uh, Calp. I'm sure that like there are like different initiatives, but the cash and environment is one of the new initiatives since starting like 2020, and it's like very, I mean, uh, excellent opportunity as there are like many different NGOs are involving in such a network and community of practice. They share idea about is like kind of uh, how we can implement this environmental impact to the cash and voucher assistance, how to measure it, how to integrate it with the programs. So I think more are upcoming and I'm sure that so perhaps we can uh, get involved with this. Like uh, we, we see more evidence based research and studies looking into the environmental effect of uh, cash and voucher assistance in the future. and. Valerie, you mentioned that it's like kind of they need to like provide more awareness, public awareness on the environmental issues, specifically on those countries affected by disasters and vulnerable people. And but this need like a systematic procedure and also advocacy with the government and then different stakeholders to 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 make this as a policy to integrate cash to the environment. Uh, and uh, I think uh, today I've enjoyed our discussion too much. I've learned, I, I mean myself, I learned a lot about this because at Homelock Institute, we uh, 
with uh, with uh, like doing a research project on cash and carry, uh, which is supported by Academy of Finland. We're looking into the delivery of the uh, cash and voucher in complex emergencies in those countries affected by disasters. Uh, of course, we don't look into the environmental impact, but we, this is very important uh, to consider, which is neglected in the academic research as well. So there are like uh, the people over there, like uh, humanitarian organization always prioritize, I mean, the needs provide like kind of a further dignity to the people, to the beneficiaries. Of course, you mentioned that we do not need to transfer the responsibility of environment to the beneficiaries. They need to purchase whatsoever they want. However, they can be responsible, but this responsibility more shifted toward the implementing partners like humanitarian organizations or the government, which they need to actually integrate the environmental impact. We have a very fruitful discussion. Any any last comments uh, you want to add? Maybe just to say that uh, cash and voucher assistance, like any type of uh, humanitarian intervention will have effects on the envir environment, either positive or negative. And uh, it's interesting to hear about your study at the, at the Anken University, because uh, of course, many of the factors which uh, explain this uh, negative impact uh, on the environment will be linked to the will be external factors and will mm. be will be linked to the uh, social and economic uh, mm. structures so of course it's a responsibility of uh, uh, organizations to to anticipate and uh, mitigate the risk of their actions but there is also a reflection on the structural uh, factors and obstacles um, to to have a positive contribution on the environment. So, and here let's say that we can make also the link um, with uh, between the humanitarian interventions and the development sector or the private sector and the development of local economies. So, just to say that many factors are also external to the organization. So the minimum responsibility is to anticipate and mitigate the risk and to think through the, the broader objectives of their actions when they try to save life or, or to intervene after a disaster. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, um, I mean, to totally agree with, with Val Valerie's last, last, last comment. Uh, I just would, would like to emphasize the, the fact that uh, we, we we acknowledge right that climate change and, and environment is still space to to explore but uh, uh, main thing that uh, that is needed is in fact a strong commitment to to further integrate mm -hmm. this those aspects into the CVA policy organizational and uh, technical framework so more evidences and more practical examples showing CVA added value in these regards uh, are needed. But uh, I am so I, I am also con convinced that uh, all those conversations like this one that we are having today will help for sure, and uh, and that this CVA and environment common space is also uh, a key part of the future. Of
of the humanitarian assistance and and I, we will see it sooner than than later hopefully okay okay i'm looking forward to seeing all those reports as you mentioned cba is flexible and adaptable to different contexts and is very context dependent and depend on the context so cba can be applied either in forms of like for example restricted cash or cash for work programs or also market-based interventions and then can be integrated to the environmental impact however it needs commitment and needs like support of different stakeholders and advocacy to have all this with the more evidence to come in the future and also localization of this kind of environmental impact to the CBA. So in certain African countries, maybe there's like a of digitalization doesn't work or does work or there's like a renewable energy available can be applied or in certain contexts, maybe not. So it's like localization of need and then applying this environmental uh, concern, I think is very key and then uh, yeah, we're all looking for like more evidence-based research and studies looking into the link between environment and cash and voucher assistance for like a better society and more uh, environmentally friendly assistance. Thank you very much. I've enjoyed a lot our discussion today on this episode. Uh, have a good day and goodbye, everyone. Bye.